Hey all, this is Glenn Kirshner, and you're listening to Muller She Wrote. So to be clear, Mr. Trump has no financial relationships with any Russian oligarchs. That, that's what he said. I, I, that's what I said. That's obviously what the, the, our position is. I'm not aware of uh, any of those activities. I have been called a surrogate at a time or two in that campaign, and I didn't have not have communications with the Russians. What do I have to get involved with Putin for? I have nothing to do with Putin. I've never spoken to him. I don't know anything about him other than he will respect me. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. So, it is political. You're a communist. No, Mr. Green. Communism is just a red herring. Like all members of the oldest profession, I'm a capitalist. Hello and welcome to Muller She Wrote, Volume 2. This is the final episode of the season. We'll be off for a week next week, uh, and we'll be back July 11th. Um, I don't know why I'm saying we will. uh, Me, I will. I don't have a mouse in my pocket. Uh, We have a lot of breaking news this weekend that I'll be covering. Some of it's Mueller-related, some of it isn't, but I wanted to get all the news and information to you before I go on this vacation. So I just wanted to kind of give you a little primer there for what's going to happen in this episode. And I also want to thank... Our patrons. If you've become a patron of Muller She Wrote, you'll know you get these episodes ad-free and you get them early. You will also be automatically added to the premium ad-free feeds for the Daily Beans and the MSW Book Club for all one low price. Just head to patreon.com slash Muller She Wrote and you can get that information. You can also join our happy hour uh, situations, Zoom calls, which take place every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 Eastern. So we do have a lot of news to get to. So let's jump in with just the facts. All right, I wanted to dig into the Manhattan District Attorney and New York Attorney General investigations into the Trump Organization and its members. We learned this week two big things. First, the Manhattan DA is investigating Matthew Calamari uh, and his his squid pro quos. Uh, he, oh, and also Calamari's kid, Matthew Calamari Jr. Now, that's the same kind of tax-free perks they're investigating Weisselberg and his kid for. Uh, you know, getting free cars, free apartments. And, and when you when a company pays for that kind of stuff, you have to pay taxes on that. That's considered income. But apparently that hasn't been happening. And this is from Bess Levin at Vanity Fair. She said, as part of its criminal investigation into Trump, the Manhattan District Attorney's Office has, for many months now, been trying to get the Trump Organization CFO, Alan Weisselberg, who knows where all the bodies are buried and could likely put the dots together for a jury, to flip. Thus far, she says, it doesn't appear as if he's done so, but the fact that Weisselberg could reportedly face charges this summer presumably uh, ups the chances that he'll cooperate to save himself. In the meantime, though, Cy Vance Jr.'s office is apparently looking into another figure who may have some extremely helpful information to share. As the Wall Street Journal reported, New York prosecutors are investigating Matthew Calamari, Trump's bodyguard turned chief operating officer. And the question of whether or not he was the recipient of tax-free fringe benefits as part of their probe into the company possibly giving out such perks to employees as a way to avoid paying taxes. They did. Calamari has reportedly lived for years in an apartment at the Trump Park Avenue building on the east side and driven a Mercedes leased through the Trump organization. His son, Matt Jr., also lives in a company-owned building. 
Jr. joined the family business in 2011, right after graduating high school, and was named Corporate Director of Security in 2017, according to a LinkedIn profile. While neither Calamari has, uh, well, the junior or senior, has been accused of wrongdoing, prosecutors recently advised both men probably be a good idea to hire your own lawyers instead of using Trump Organization lawyers, because the Trump Organization is about to go through some things. That's according to sources who spoke to the Wall Street Journal. Weisselberg has also not been accused of wrongdoing. Last month, the Washington Post reported that Vance's office had assembled a grand jury that had already begun hearing evidence, a development that suggests the probe has reached an advanced stage after more than two years, and that charges against the ex-president could be coming. Now, she says uh, here that Alan Weisselberg doesn't appear to have flipped. You know where I stand on this. I think he could already be cooperating. But we don't know at this point. I'm sure we will know soon. Uh, with this information in mind and, and everything I just read to you from the Vandy Fair article and from what's going on in the news right now, we also learned something on Friday from the New York Times that deserves a little sabotage. The Manhattan District Attorney's Office has informed Donald John Trump's lawyers that it is considering criminal charges against his family business, the Trump Organization, in connection with fringe benefits the company awarded top executives, and that's according to several people with knowledge of the matter. The prosecutors had been building a case for months against Weisselberg as part of an effort to pressure him to cooperate with a broader inquiry into Trump's dealings, in, you know, as far as the business goes. But it was not previously known that the Trump Organization also might face charges. Everybody, it was previously known. I've talked about this for <laughs> for a long time. Uh, but, you know, we'll stick with the public reporting here because this is just the facts after. No, wait, you know what? It's sabotage. Fuck it all. Uh, we knew that already. If the case moves ahead, the district attorney, Cy Vance Jr., could announce charges as soon as next week. Um, that's according to the people who have with knowledge of the matter. And they said uh, Mr. Vance's prosecutors have been conducting the investigation along with lawyers from the office of the New York State Attorney General, as we know, Letitia James. Any indictment, they say, would be the first to emerge from the long-running investigation and would raise the startling prospect of a former president having to defend the company he founded and has run for decades against accusations of criminal behavior. Now, I, A.G., Allison Gill, yours truly, I have spoken to a former chief assistant DA from Vance's office who told me that the tax crimes allegedly being investigated here are not likely part of a little RICO investigation, uh, but falsifying business records about it could be. And while a Trump defense could be that as CEO, he has no knowledge of any tax crimes because account his accountants handle the taxes and he doesn't know anything about that. It would actually be harder for Trump to say he wasn't aware of untaxed perks given to two of his closest people. Now, it's important here to note that it's the organization in this article that is said to be facing an indictment, along with perhaps Weisselberg. And again, we don't know if Weisselberg's already cooperating or if he's holding out. There were reports earlier in the week that Weisselberg has been meeting with Trump and showing up at his job at Trump Tower. Many asked if he could be wearing a wire. And the answer is likely not. That same former chief assistant DA from Vance's office, Daniel Alonso, told me because of New York's indelible right to counsel does not permit covert controlled conversations 
where overt ones wouldn't be allowed. For example, the DA himself couldn't question Trump without Trump's lawyer present, so neither can a cooperating uh, witness acting on the DA's behalf. Uh, This would not apply, however, if the feds were actually involved somehow and we didn't know it, or if Weisselberg was doing it on his own, which I, I personally don't see happening. And I want to draw your attention to the statement in the New York Times that says, quote, an indictment of the Trump organization could mark the first criminal charges to emerge from an investigation by the Manhattan District Attorney into Donald John Trump and his business dealings. Note, the first criminal charges to emerge. I don't want anyone to think that these will be the only charges. They may be, but in my opinion, likely not. And that's just my opinion. And I do have some information about Weisselberg potentially already cooperating. Uh, but again, this is this is AG sourced and not publicly reported anywhere. So please keep that in mind um, when you're considering whether or not to believe me. Um, now, they always seem to drop indictments while I'm on vacation, so I'll make sure to take more vacations in the future. Thank you very much. And I'll be right back with a story about Putin and Tuckums, Tucker Carlson, as well as some other breaking news. Stay with us. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, it's Allison. As many of you know, I've had trouble with post-traumatic stress and generalized anxiety, and I know how hard it is to ask for help. But you don't have to face these problems alone. And that's why I recommend BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And you can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line, and it's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. And there's a broad range of experts available, which probably aren't locally available in your area anyway. But you can log into your account anytime from anywhere and send a message to your counselor and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, making it super convenient so you don't have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, too, so they make it easy and free to change your counselor if you need it. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So visit BetterHelp.com AG. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of a licensed therapist. In fact, so many people are using BetterHelp now that they're actually recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. There's a special offer for Muller She Wrote listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com AG. Everybody, welcome back. I have a few headlines for you. First, Rudy Giuliani has had his law license revoked. The AGC, or Attorney Grievance Committee, sat down to begin their investigation into Rudy's misconduct and were hit in the face with a bunch of shit. They found so much shit that they felt the need to pause their review and file a motion with the court to ask for an interim suspension of Rudy's law license in New York because of the imminent danger to the public that his statements pose. His lies to the public and the court were so egregious that they couldn't wait until they completed their review to yank his law license or away, or at least file a motion to do so. So now Rudy is not allowed to practice law in the state in any capacity, and the AGC will go back to completing its review and make recommendations to the court. And uh, Rudy's interim law license suspension is in effect until they come back with with more. (laughs) And I don't think it's going to get better. He's also currently under criminal investigation by the Southern District of New York, where he once served as U.S. attorney. And the special master is currently going through the documents and devices seized in the executed search warrant on his home and office. And, of course, also on Victoria Tonesing uh, as well. 
and they're doing this on a rolling basis. Of course, as the documents come in, she's doing this on a rolling basis to determine which communications should be considered privileged. We all know about the crime fraud exception, so she will be pulling those out. Uh, and she'll have more information on the timeline of her work, the work that's cut out for her, for us, when she gets a sense of the volume of the material that she has to sort through. Uh, in other news today, Derek Chauvin was sentenced to 22.5 years in prison. He was facing 30 uh, with a 40 max. Uh, the minimum was 12.5, uh, and the prosecutors recommended 30 years because of four aggravating factors. I personally think 22 and a half years is light. I think he should have gotten the full 30. He's still facing two federal indictments and could be hit with more time for that. Uh, he will be eligible for parole after 15 years in this sentencing for the murder of George Floyd. Uh, and I have yet to see the judge's 22-page sentencing order explaining why he didn't give the max sentence to Derek Chauvin. Uh, he is 45. He will be eligible for parole at 60. And then, of course, whatever additional time is tacked on for the two federal indictments for civil rights violations. And from the New York Times... Justice Department officials announced a federal lawsuit Friday against Georgia over new statewide voting restrictions that federal authorities allege purposefully discriminate against black Americans. Let me repeat that. This Department of Justice alleges that the Georgia voting laws purposefully discriminate against black Americans. This is the first major action by the Biden administration to confront efforts from Republican-led jurisdictions to limit election turnout. The legal challenge takes aim at Georgia's uh, Election Integrity Act, which was passed in March, as we know, by the Republican-led state legislature and signed into law by Governor Brian Kemp. The law imposes new limits on the use of absentee ballots, makes it a crime for outside groups to provide food and water to voters waiting at polling stations, and hands greater control over election administration to the state legislature, the Republican state legislature, the gerrymandered Republican state legislature. The action comes as GOP-led state governments across the country have been seeking to impose broad new voting suppression laws. In the wake of President Biden's victory over Trump last November, Trump has spent months waging a baseless effort to discredit the result, making false and unsub unsubstantiated allegations of widespread voter fraud. Kemp responded Friday on Twitter, asserting the federal lawsuit stems from lies and misinformation spread by Biden's administration and other Democrats. Now, the governor said, they are weaponizing the U.S. Department of Justice to carry out their far-left agenda that undermines election integrity and empowers federal government overreach in our democracy. That is the most laughable fucking thing I've heard in my whole life. A Republican saying that Garland's Department of Justice is being weaponized to carry out a, a democratic agenda. Given what Barr did and what Sessions did and what Matthew fucking Whitaker did, mm. Uh, that is just the height of hypocrisy, although I think we should have expected it. Now, Garland said he also directed the Justice Department to establish a task force to bolster efforts to protect election workers from abuse and threats, citing recent news accounts that such intimidation tactics have been on the rise. Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco issued a memo to the department staff detailing the new measures. Now, I would keep your eyes peeled for more lawsuits against other states. Texas, for example, Florida, for example, for these same civil rights violations as Garland prepares to double the main justice civil rights division led by Vanita Gupta. And also be on the lookout for a lawsuit against the Arizona State Senate for the fraud it for the crazy times carnival audit. 
That could look a whole lot like the warning letter Pam Carlin from the Department of Justice sent to the Republican president of the Arizona Senate, Karen Fan. I know a lot of people are upset with the Department of Justice for their stance, for example, on the E. Jean Carroll defamation suit, the Lafayette Park suit, and not releasing the second half of the March 2019 Bill Barr memo. And I am too. But I'm going to wait to see whether Garland pursues obstruction of justice charges for Trump before I make the judgment on that issue. I'm going to wait and see if he makes charges on the generals who led and incited the insurrection. We already know, according to inside sources, that the Department of Justice is investigating folks like Roger Stone and Alex Jones. And there have been questions asked by the FBI and recently released 302s that they are asking about insurrection is ties to members of Congress. So I'm going to wait to hear what they have to say on that. And just this past week, a story came out from the Times about Swalwell's lawyer being worried that the Department of Justice might defend Trump in the insurrection civil suits. Please note, the Department of Justice has in no way indicated it will do this. And I'm going to reserve judgment on that until we know whether or not they will. I think it would be a grave mistake to do so. And I don't want to get I don't want anyone to be confused about this. If they if the DOJ decides to defend Trump in the Swalwell and NAACP Benny Thompson suits, I will be pissed. I will be fucking livid if they decide not to pursue obstruction of justice charges for president, former President Trump. I will be very angry, but I'm not going to pre get mad about hypothetical shit that hasn't happened yet. I'm also capable of criticizing the Justice Department for defending Trump in the E. Jean Carroll case and for not releasing the second part of the bar memo and for the stuff with the Lafayette Square thing. Uh, I can do that without deciding Garland is just as bad as Barr or, quote, in bed with Trump. And I, I would encourage everyone to do the same. There is no earthly reason to believe any attorney general, past or present, especially Merrick Garland, is or will be as bad as Bill Barr or Matthew fucking Whitaker, or even Jeff Sessions. So I don't want to see those equations on my timeline, in my feed, or in my ears. You will be promptly blocked. Uh, I will be right back with a story about Tucker Carlson and, of course, the Fantasy Indictment League. Stay with us. Hey, everybody. It's Allison. Thank you for listening to this episode of Muller She Wrote. I'm here to tell you about Helix Sleep. You know I love my mattress, and I've owned every premium mattress in the world because sleep is very, very important to me, but nothing compares to the sleep I get on my Helix mattress because Helix knows we all sleep differently, and they tailor your mattress to your unique sleep preferences. Just take their two-minute online sleep quiz, and they will use your answers to match you to a mattress that will give you the best sleep ever. For example, I sleep on my side, and I like a medium firm bed, so they matched me with the Helix Midnight, and I've never slept better. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses, mattresses is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Mattress is great for spinal alignment to prevent morning aches and pains. And even a Helix Plus mattress for our beautiful plus-size sleepers. Helix is awesome, but you don't have to take my word for it. Helix was awarded number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Helix has been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving sleep. So just go to helixsleep.com MSW, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 sleeps risk-free. They will even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will love it. And Helix has financing options and flexible payment plans, so a great night's sleep is never far away. And right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for listeners at helixsleep.com MSW. That's H-E-L-I-X sleep.com MSW. And today's show is also brought to you by Magic Spoon. 
You know how I feel about Magic Spoon. Check this out. First of all, I love cereal. When I was a kid, I used to sit down in front of the Muppet Show, prime time, and eat a huge bowl of cereal and then drink the cereal and milk. But as an adult, I've had to give it up because of all the sugar, carbs, and chemicals. But cereal is back, thanks to Magic Spoon. Magic Spoon has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, four net grams of carbs per serving, and only 140 calories. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. You can grab a four-pack with cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. You can mix flavors like cocoa and peanut butter together. Taste amazing. Uh, it tastes exactly like the cereal from your childhood, but it's super nutritious. So bring joy back to your mornings or evenings or midnight snack times by going to magicspoon.com MSW to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use promo code MSW at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it has backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. So there's no risk here. Remember, get delicious, delicious bowls of guilt-free cereal by going to magicspoon.com MSW and use code MSW to save $5 off. And thanks to Magic Spoon for sponsoring the show. All right, everybody, welcome back. So Tuckums, Tucker Carlson, has completely gone off the rails. He is now criticizing the military in the wake of the chair of the Joint Chiefs, General Milley, handing Matt Gates his ass during a congressional testimony hearing. Uh, he's now praising Putin and rooting for him over Biden during the Geneva summit. Tuckums, as Joy Reid so deftly called him, is now a full-on, wholly-owned subsidiary of the Russian propaganda machine. This next story is from Julia Davis, who I love, at the Daily Beast. She says President Vladimir Putin has pulled off a targeted propaganda operation against the United States that's so simple it never should have worked. And he did it in plain sight as part of the buildup to last week's summit with President Joe Biden. This weekend, Russia's favorite propaganda show celebrated a job well done. State TV propagandist Dmitry Kislyov asserted on his show on Sunday, quote, Biden should keep in mind that not only America is back, but Russia is back, too. The ploy began when Putin sat down for an interview with NBC's Keir Simmons. He directed the conversation away from his suspected involvement in the murders and attempted murders of his critics, instead asking, quote, did you order the assassination of the woman who walked into Congress and who was shot and killed by a policeman? The Russian president was referring, of course, to Ashley Babbitt, who was fatally shot by Capitol Police as she tried to climb through a broken window of a door leading directly onto the House floor during the insurrection. So the bait had been thrown. Now, this line of attack was no surprise to people who follow Russian propaganda. That's me. That's you. Uh, it had been preplanned and foreshadowed by pro-Kremlin experts appearing on Russia's state television prior to the summit. Quote, Biden is planning to tell us about Navalny, and we'll tell him about the woman shot on January 6th at the Capitol. That was Olga Skabiva, the host of state TV show 60 Minutes on June 1st. Where'd they get that name? Ten days later, Putin did exactly the same thing in his NBC interview. On June 16th, with the world's attention fixed on the Geneva summit, the Russian president reiterated the same flawed premise during his press conference, quote, about my opponents being jailed or imprisoned. People went to the U.S. Congress with political demands. 400 people now face criminal charges. On what grounds? Not quite clear. One of the participants, a woman, was shot dead on the spot. She was not threatening anything, unquote. Putin's plot paid off in spades when Tuckums played the clip of his comments to NBC on the Tucker Carlson show and expressed agreement. 
Carlson said, Now, under normal circumstances, we would never play a tape of a foreign adversary criticizing our government. But honestly, those are fair questions. And without a hint of irony, Carlson added, Vladimir Putin knows authoritarian systems very well, and he sees clearly what's happening in this country. The Fox News host seemed to assume that an authoritarian adversary was providing this advice without an ulterior motive and eagerly shared it with his very gullible American audience. His decision was cheered, of course, by pro-Kremlin propagandists in Moscow. During his nightly show, The Evening with Vladimir Solovev, the host Vladimir Solovev proudly said, Putin knew whom he was talking to, and this message was heard. This is Fox News, and it's very popular in the United States, one of the highest-rated programs. Republicans listened and couldn't help but agree. Putin was heard, and what he said hit the bullseye. Russian political scientist Sergei uh, Mikiev enthusiastically replied, This is a good illustration of a thesis as to whether we should be influencing public opinion in America. Yes, of course we should. Of course. The question is how to do it and which resources to use. Without a doubt, we should be using any existing divisions. Hear that? We should be using any existing divisions. He continued, sometimes I hear, what's in it for us? And I will cynically tell you, whatever harms them benefits us. Putin is already polling higher than Biden among Trump supporters, according to a recent poll by The Economist and YouGov, which also found that Republicans view Russia as less of a threat than Democrats do. Now that Republican voters are increasingly influenced by conspiracy theories spread through QAnon, pro-Kremlin propagandists seek to capitalize on that trend. During a broadcast of his show on May 31st, Solovev asked, What if the heroic city of Moscow hosted a forum, Free America, by American QAnon supporters, and their living expenses would be funded by the Russian government? How fast would we hear accusations of interference with their U.S. internal affairs? Russia State TV editor-in-chief Margarita Simoyan promptly replied, We need to be doing that. Carlson's commentary also flagged another line being pursued by Russian state propagandists. The Fox News host asked, Who did shoot Ashley Babbitt, and why don't we know? Rossia One probed that question, quoting Republican Congressman Devin Nunes on Russian state television on June 11th. Russia state media previously worked alongside the GOP in their attempts to unmask the Ukraine whistleblower, whose revelations contributed to Trump's impeachment 1.0. It would not be surprising if the Kremlin-controlled media yet again takes the first step to publicly finger the law enforcement officer in question, further inflaming political divisions in the United States. And we can expect a lot more of that disinformation as Biden prepares sanctions against Russia for the poisoning and imprisonment of Alexei Navalny. So it's going to get worse before it gets better. You remember the FBI put out a warning a couple of months ago saying the the online social media disinformation campaign and all, you know, is going to get really, really bad in the next 12 to 18 months. So we have to keep that in mind as we move forward. Keep your head on a swivel, as they would say in the movie Anchorman, which I love. All right, everybody, it's time for the Fantasy Indictment League. I'm going to be indicted! No, wait, it's going to be a... Indicted! Honey, Dick. Indicted! Honey. I'm going to be indicted! They can't. It's going to be okay. Just calm down. I can't calm down. I'm going to be indicted! Okay, so this week, uh, if you heard my interview with Robert Denault on the Daily Beans, which I think came out Thursday or Friday, you know I'm going to keep Ingersoll on my Fantasy Indictment League this week. Now, 
as early as next week, we heard that we could see a Trump org indictment. So I'm going to put the Trump organization on my fantasy indictment league team here. And I'm also going to put Weisselberg, but I'm going to put him down for a plea agreement because I think, you know, I think he's already cooperating. I could be totally wrong on that. Um, but, uh, and, and you know what, if I am, I'll do a big corrections segment all about it for you. So I think he will have a Weisselberg plea agreement. I think Calamari is going to be on there. And I think Calamari will be on there as a plea agreement as well. I think both Weisselberg and Calamari aren't going to want their kids to get in trouble. But who knows? Maybe they're giant assholes. We know they're giant assholes. Maybe they're big enough of assholes to like totally throw their kids under the bus. I wouldn't be surprised. And uh, finally, I'm going to put a guy named Ellicott on, on my fantasy indictment league. Remember, the Gates charging decision comes in the July time frame. So I'm going to hold off on drafting him for now. And I'm going to go for some of the other criminals surrounding Joel Greenberg, who might also be able to help roll up on some of the higher ups. And so that's going to be that's that's what the Ingersoll and Ellicott draft is about. So that's the Fantasy Indictment League. I love you all. I will be off for a week, though I've cooked up a brand new batch of shows for all next week. All new content that you haven't heard before. I've been I've been secretly putting it together. Uh, although I think we're going to do a best of good news segment because I think we all need to hear that that dildo story again. Just, you know, for for funsies. Uh, I hope you enjoy those episodes. I will see you next Monday and July 11th back here for this podcast. Thank you for giving me the space to take some time off. Again, I love you all. Please continue to take care of one another. I've been Allison Gill, and this is Muller She Wrote. Muller She Wrote is written and produced by Allison Gill in partnership with MSW Media. Sound design and engineering are by Molly Hockey. Jesse Egan is our copywriter and our art and web designer by Joel Reeder at Moxie Design Studios. Muller She Wrote is a proud member of MSW Media, a group of creator-owned podcasts focused on news, justice, and politics. For more information, visit mswmedia.com. S.W. Media.